Hello everyone and thank you again for joining us today. I really want to express my deep appreciation with Gasho to all the people that have supported us um, in all of the many missions and, and things that we've tried to do through Nkyoji Buddhism and Kyoji Nichiren Buddhist Network. Um, I really am inspired and, and feel supported by everyone. I, I'm glad that my efforts are being useful. Uh, and so, with that being said, today actually I was asked by one of my students to specifically talk about the Eightfold Mobile Path. And so this is going to be our next series, so we'll keep the series in, in order. Sometimes I like to go on specific subjects that I find that are extremely important at the time. But it's also nice to have actual um, sections where people can get a different perception perhaps on... Um, the idea of the uh, different Buddhist teachings. So today I will share with you and we'll begin the Eightfold Noble Path. Uh, and today we'll begin with the first one, which is usually right view. So it's important to understand, of course, uh, where we've discussed before, the concept of the Four Noble Truths. Of course, that is where the Eightfold Path comes into play. That a lot of times people, and myself included, when I first started Buddhism, Eightfold Path just kind of was too much for me to put in my brain. Uh, and people would give lectures on it and explain it. But also like the Six Paramita, which is of course a Mahayana uh, version of it, a simplified version and, and, and actually an order um, of the Eightfold Path, it it was kind of difficult to actually put it into action or to see the actual relevance or well, what does it mean? Is it just a list? Because a lot of times with Buddhism, uh, which is a part of the transmission, Buddhism puts things into lists. And uh, we usually have specific numbers for that based on our tradition. But again, lists sometimes are just lists. And, and my mind doesn't work with lists. Uh, I have to actually understand each part of the of the list and also understand how to actually practice it and when I practice it then I actually realize how it works so you can see this is one of the perhaps maybe that was the challenge in Buddhism the, the reason why it was put that way is that in, in order to memorize it I don't have the ability to do that I can only understand it through uh, practice which is why the Eightfold Path is really important um, a lot of people may not understand the reason for the Eightfold Path, but as we know, the Eightfold Path is the way to attaining liberation from suffering or from unsatisfactoriness, which is how a lot of people now have changed the word suffering to simply being things that are unsatisfactory, that don't bring lasting happiness. So obviously we are, uh, or contentment, we are on the path to find out what really uh, sustains our life, and what really contributes to our contentment or stability or balance or harmony, however you want to put it, and what doesn't. So the Eightfold Path is supposed to be explaining the idea of what the Buddhist path looks like. And it's very important that we understand, again, the word path, because Buddhism has become, and this is the discussion that a lot of people have, is Buddhism a religion or a philosophy? I would say it's a path. Because actually, uh, we do mountain training here. And uh, in the mountains uh, is where you actually put things into practice. So it, it doesn't do you any good 
in the mountains to sit there and extrapolate and think deeply about all of these things. Buddhism has to present itself in your life or it doesn't. And you have to actualize it and manifest it or it doesn't. So, you know, I always use the saying, I forgot where I got it from, but that, you know, a lot of modern people love their points of views and their ideas and slogans and everything that they uh, put their life into. However, those things, when used in reality on the mountain, do you no good. So even religion on the mountain doesn't do you any good if you can't express it and it doesn't sustain you, that it allows you to survive. Uh, and not only survive, but experience. And, and that's a really important part of Buddhism, because a lot of people may say, I understand the Eightfold Path, it sounds really good, but they've never actually used it or understood why the Buddha made it as such. Now, as it's saying, Buddhism is a path. So a long time ago, uh, the word for Buddhism in Japan, I've mentioned this before, was Butsu-do. Butsu means a Buddha, and Do means the path. Now, because of the, during the uh, Meiji period, when... Western religions influenced Japan. Now Japan is referred to as Bukkyo. Kyo is a kind of teaching. So the teaching of the Buddha. So it, it, it's, it's quite a different feeling with the character. So the, the way that we, and, and I always make sure I use this word, Butsudo, the path of the Buddha is what I'm on. I, I didn't just accept the, the Buddha's teaching or religion, but actually you have to manifest it and live it. Because that's, that's essentially what the Buddha wanted us to do because during the Buddhist time, there were many teachings. There weren't necessarily organized religions, but there were many teachers throughout India. And even all of them had different uh, ideas and practices. I mean, the Buddha had studied with multiple teachers. However, he didn't find that satisfaction or that relief from uh, the suffering in his life. So, therefore, he uh, used the information that he, he gained, the practices... And therefore went further into understanding the true aspect of awakening or freedom. So the Eightfold Path is for us to be able to, again like the Six Paramita, to be able to see what the path looks like. This is one thing that I keep telling people. If it's a Buddhist path, one of the things that when, when people look at Buddhism, you have to have a lot of guts and a lot of strength to become a Buddhist. Why? Well, first of all, you have to practice it and manifest it. But the other thing is, is that you're doing something hasn't been done before that you don't understand. You're learning something new. People don't like to learn things new. They like to they like to stay with the commonplace. They like to stay with the recognizable. But to actually go outside of one's life, especially in the realm of emotion and questioning one's existence, it can get to very uncomfortable places. So. Most people give up and, and don't want to deal with it. They cover it with the dust of attachments, right? Because, again, we can find some solace in, in attachments. But, again, they're fleeting. They're not lasting forever. But it's really challenging for Buddhists because you're no one knows what the path looks like. Especially, you know, sometimes when you enter into the mountain, you see the entrance to the mountain, you know, and there's a different feeling for it. But... As soon as you go up into the mountain, sometimes there are different uh, paths. But which path is the correct path to where we want to go? And, and, and sometimes that, you know, because of our blindness, we may not even be able to see the entrance to Buddhism. Or when we're walking, we may be just wandering in a daze in a field towards a cliff, right? Towards our ultimate demise. 
we, we may not even understand what a path is. So the Buddha gave very specific understanding that the path, be, what the path be, below your feet understands. But again, the challenge, why it takes such guts to practice Buddhism. Do you know what the path looks like, really, until you've walked it? And do you know where you're going? What is enlightenment? But a lot of people, we have the idea, I love enlightenment, I want enlightenment. But you don't know what the path looks like, and you don't know where you're going. That sounds like a pretty daunting task. Uh, and, and if you want assurances in your life, like most religions give you, Buddhism is not going to give you those assurances, because what you have to do is experientially understand yourself. And that means the responsibility is now on your life, on you, and your contribution. And again, if you probably know, people don't like personal responsibility. It's always someone else's problem, someone else's fault, the world's fault, etc. But as we grow, we should realize we have some influence on our life. And then when we understand what that influence is, we can then um, walk the correct path. But the Buddha specifically wanted us to see what the path looks like. So he left the Eightfold, the eightfold Noble Path. And again, it says noble because this is a specific path for Buddhists. That's why to simply say all religions are the same, all religions are great, you know, is not what the Buddha intended in that way. The Buddha had a very specific teaching, a very specific practice. And, and it wasn't under a specific guise or a name, but under a specific understanding of the path. So that's why being able to see the path is more important than necessarily just uh, thinking up the path or imagining that you're on the path or pretending you're on the path. So, Buddhism is a very specific path. So that's why the Buddha is allowing us to see that and to understand what the right teachings are as far as that. We, we now understand through our teaching in Nichiren Shonen, he showed us the path of the Lotus Sutra through his life. And it's important to understand that there are three uh, specific kind of parts. So all of the eight are then put into three specific kind of levels that are all interconnected. They are uh, the idea of the three sections, abbreviated three sections, that is morality, concentration, and wisdom. So right view that we're speaking of today actually falls under the concept of wisdom. So why would right view be important? Well, as we are talking about, when you're looking at a mountain path, if you don't have the right view, First of all, you don't have a concept of what a path is. Sometimes paths can be very, um, how do you say, not traveled. So therefore, unless you see from a different angle, perhaps from the air where you can see paths, or you can see from understanding what a path looks like, or if someone uh, has gone this way before, you may absolutely walk past the path. So the idea of the right view allows us, as Buddhism says, to purify our views, to be able to see the right path. And, and view vi purifying the view means, and you'll hear this often in Buddhism, purifying the senses. In the mountains, they talk, they actually, the Yamabushi use a uh, uh, saying, Zange, Zange, Rokon, Shojo. Zange means repent or atone, that we go and we practice to, to purify ourselves. So practice is essentially to purify the six sense organs of our mind, of our body, because those are the places, including mind, that all of the information is muddled. So therefore, we want to purify that. But in order to see the correct path, we're kind of wandering in the dark.
and trying to be able to find the path or the entrance to the path is very challenging. And, and by understanding the right path, then we have the correct practice. So we have, purifying the view means it's really interesting how we practice. So a lot of Buddhists don't understand what that means, correct view. When Buddhists look at a problem or a challenge like suffering, it's very important how other teachings perhaps, or modern teachings or whatever, they tend to deal with these hard spiritual questions. They go into long-winded explanations. Um, a lot of times it becomes simply a theoretical idea. Uh, in many other ways, just in the brain, the mind, the monkey mind, making up lots of conversation concerning it, etc. But the correct view would allow us to see that in Buddhism, we don't extrapolate on those things. We, we simply experience through our practice. This is what Nietzscheden Shonen was talking about, experiencing Buddha nature. Because a lot of times people would extrapolate Buddha nature into this really kind of, uh, you know, big idea of enlightenment or original enlightenment. They extrapolate into this huge idea, which then they work themselves, again, in samsara, into a place where they suddenly are justifying things that are absolutely contradiction, contradictions to Buddhism. You see it in a lot of Buddhist sects today, where they have extrapolated the teachings of the Buddha to suit themselves, because they lack right view. And Nichiren and Shonen, his point was, is that the only way you can have right view is through practice. And that's why Nichiren and Shonen was very specific about the practice of upholding the Lotus Sutra. That, that's, and, and that means not being attached to these views, too, but experientially understanding. That's why I keep saying the word experiential. Experiential meaning, one, to understand yourself. That's where faith is grown and understood at different levels. We see it through Nichiren Shonen, but Nichiren Shonen, you know, was the pillar holding up the building so we could be in the house, the temple. And then we are able to experience that through our life. But it's interesting because the views of many sects are actually in contradiction to Nichiren Shonen, such as, you know, the idea that simply Buddhism is a way to get what you want. And by getting what you want, that simply means that your Buddhism is good Buddhism. It's the best Buddhism. But in actuality, in Buddhism, the idea of the right view means not to, not to put those incorrect views or extrapolate too much onto the path, but experience it, which is why practice for Nichiren Shonen was the way where we experience and bring out Buddha nature, okay? So just because you have Buddha nature doesn't mean you actualize it, that it, it doesn't grow, it doesn't, it doesn't become nourished, because how do you nourish Buddha nature? That was what Nichiren Shonen and the Buddha taught us in the Lotus Sutra. So direct experiential understanding. So therefore, simply getting into these circles in one's mind is still part of the sense organs that we use in order to, that not in order to, that keep us in this, this cycle of suffering. And again, this means, this goes back to the Four Noble Truths, that the idea of the right view means the truth of suffering, unsatisfactoriness. When you see this in life, when you finally realize that no matter how much you get, or you get what you want, or you can get whatever you want, however you want to put it, 
it's not enough to sustain you. And then you have to ask yourself, well, what can sustain you, right? What is able to sustain me beyond the idea of these impermanent things that... Uh, these ideas, these these materialistic things, you know, that I can't hold on to, and therefore cause me suffering, and 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 that's a really important point because then it grows a certain nature called bodhicitta, which means to aspire. That when one aspires through faith, even looking at Nietzsche and Shonen's life, that helps to correct the view. That's why the Lotus Sutra is so essential. And Nichiren and Shonen's life is the manifestation of that teaching. Uh, amongst all the master, all the great masters that we've had, Nichiren and Shonen's experiential life shows us how we walk the path of uh, Buddhism, of Butsudo, and the idea of experiential nature, and that we have to be very mindful of views. That's why in entering the Eightfold Path, the view and these, and again, the Eightfold Path doesn't necessarily go in order. But like the six paramitas, but the eightfold path specifically says, and I believe it's very important why this is connected with the idea of the truth of suffering. That in order to actually aspire to practicing Buddhism, you have to come to the right view. That is without rationalization, which is without muddling the idea, the image, like the idea of the dirty water, but seeing for what it is. And then being able to aspire because that is the only thread that we have in order to relieve ourselves of suffering, to remove ourselves out of the realm of hell. And and that is really important. That's why we hold on to Namu Myoho Renge Kyo. It's the string. Today I was, I was doing the one-hour chanting for peace, for the 24-hour chanting, which was really wonderful. Each character, as I was saying, allows us to, to actualize the Dharma Datu, the Dharma... Uh, space in our mind that is the Buddha nature and when we nourish that we fill that with the echo the sound of the Daimoku and, and our Buddha nature reacts to that so therefore you have to understand with the right view allows you to see even though you cannot see the end allows you to see the right path and that's the idea of the uh, Eightfold Noble Path and the Six Paramitas and so therefore be very Aware, and that, that's why the Buddha gave us this, to, to make sure that at all times you are on the right path. Because if you don't use these teachings, if you don't understand them, and, and you just use your everyday mind, even Buddhism will become muddled. And then, of course, you will blame the Buddha because you are unable to advance or change or relieve any kind of suffering or come to any uh, insight in your life. That is because you didn't invest yourself to the idea of the right view under the guise of the Buddha, which meant without extrapolation, without adding your ego, your suffering, your ignorance, but seeing as it is, that's why that concept is always reiterated in the Lotus Sutra, as it is, as it is, as it is, we can see the path. So thank you very much, everyone, uh, for joining us today, and, and I look forward to our next section of the Eightfold Noble Path. May you all be noble, and may you all be on the great path of the Lotus Sutra. Namu Myoho Renge Kyo. Thank you.